friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 20th edition of the sunny side of sports. Senegalese football star Sadio Mane is leaving Liverpool to join Bayern Munich in a deal reportedly worth up to 43 million U.S. dollars. For reaction, Iron Mike Mbonier spoke with the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. Fisayo Dairo. I believe it is going to be the end of an era at Liverpool because much of the great things that Liverpool achieved in the past six years that Sadio Mane spent at the club cannot go without the worthy mentioning of the Senegalese international. Since joining them from Southampton in England, he has ticked all the boxes. He has scored with his head, with his left, with his right. And he has scored a bag full of goals. He wasn't known to be that much prolific before joining Liverpool, but he used to score to weigh in a fair share of goals of his own account. But at Liverpool, he sort of exploded. And there was a time he formed a formidable partnership with another African, Mohamed Salah, and Firmino, the Brazilian. So for Sadio Mane, he will look back at his six years at Anfield and he will have every sense of achievement, of, of, of fulfillment, because he has won the league, he has won the FA Cup, he has won the Champions League, he has, he has won even the EFL Cup and the, the Club World Cup. So congratulations to him. He made his mark at Anfield. He will never be forget on the signs of time. And it's time for him to move to another country. He has been in at least three European countries before. Now is the time to go to Germany and playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world and undoubtedly the biggest club in Germany, Bayern Munich. You expect greater things from him. The Senegalese leaves Ansfield having scored 120 goals in 269 appearances. Do you think money can equal such fit in Bayern Munich? I do not think achieving or surpassing his Anfield record at Bayern Munich will be the utmost priority for Sadio Mane at Bayern Munich. I think what will be in his mind is enjoying himself and achieving much more and more successes. Now he's 30 and of course he's not getting younger anymore. But at Bayern, they also have an abundance of talents from Leroy Sané to Serge Gnabry. These were players that also played in the Premier League before switching to Germany. Now he's in a good company. They still have the likes of Kingsley Coleman. No one knows if Robert Lewandowski will stay or will leave the club. But whichever way it is, we know that Bayern are always the favourites to win the league. And with Sadio Mane in their ranks, they've added more petrol to their fuel. And at this point in time, Sadio Mane knows that even it comes to goals, he will score a truckload of goals right there in Germany. But is he going to go as much as 140 or more goals for Bayern Munich? It depends on the number of years he's still able to play at the highest level. Because he spent six years, obviously, in Liverpool and he's gotten so many of those goals. Maybe he spends four or five years in, in, in Germany with Bayern Munich. Definitely, he is a player that knows how to score goals, either from the sport, with his head, good finishes with his right and his left. 
the goals will surely come and I'm sure it won't be you won't care about the Liverpool numbers. It's just it will just be setting another record afresh with the Bavarian Giants. Fisayo, do you also think that Manis move will inspire young African players in the German Bundesliga to work harder? In the present age, the exploits of players like Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane have been some sort of inspiration and motivation for young African players across the globe. So Mane leaving Liverpool after six years and moving on to Germany, to a big club like Bayern Munich, will not only serve as motivation to other Africans there, but to African players generally across the globe. You know, there was a time when African players are no longer counted worthy of being moved by bigger clubs when they get to the latter 20, 20s, like 28 or 29. But this is money still getting a big move at 30. So that will be some sort of worthy motivation for footballers. And in Germany, to be precise, where we have someone like Nigerian striker Taiwo Awoni playing for Union Berlin, it's some sort of competition, you know, that yes, the spotlight will be on money now. And of course, many more people will be watching Bundesliga, whether you like it or not, because money's cult followership from the Premier League will also follow him right there to Germany. And it will make it for a much more competition, much more better competition, better viewing. And for the likes of Awuni and other African players in the league, it's certainly an avenue to further enhance their potentials and enhance their images. It certainly will be a win-win situation for everyone. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta joins us now with more European club football transfer news. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. Belgian self-Congolese descent Romelu Lukaku is believed to be close to completing his move away from Chelsea to resign for Italian giants Inter Milan this summer. That's according to reports. The 29-year-old made a return to the Blues from Inter last summer for a club record fee of $119 million, having originally left to join Everton in 2014. While he scored four goals in his opening four games for the Blues, his former over the rest of the season fluctuated and it's now looking likely that he will not be a part of Thomas Tuchel's squad for the coming season. In other news, Manchester City's latest signing, Erling Haaland, has revealed his rearing to play in front of the club supporters next season. In his first interview as a Manchester City player, the Norwegian revealed he had been a lifelong Manchester City fan, and his affiliation with the citizens deep-rooted from the days when his father represented the club between the year 2000 and the year 2003. I was born in England. I've been a City fan my whole life. I know uh, a lot about the club uh, and um, I think in the end two things, I, I feel a bit home here and uh, also I, I think I can develop uh, and uh, get the best out of my game in, in City. When asked whether City would be a good fit for his time of football, here's what the former Dortmund superstar had to say. 
I, I like the style, I like the attacking football, uh, I like the, the kind of positive vibe uh, we have uh, uh, when City play football. This is uh, what I, I like a lot. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a really good fit. And on his dance role in influencing him to join the club, here's what Helen had to say. He lived in England, uh, he played for the club. Uh, of course, a lot of things has changed in the last 20 years, but um, yeah, he lived here, so he, know, he knows what it is. And uh, we've just been speaking about uh, basically how it is, uh, what's the best for me, what's this, what's that, and uh, to try to find out everything. And um, he's, been a good, uh, he's been a good dad in that, uh, in that thing there. The 21-year-old also shared his thoughts on his sensational striking record, having netted 135 goals in 182 club games so far. Yeah, I think it's a good mix between uh, a lot of things. Um, uh, I think, um, first of all, it's uh, my joy to play football, uh, to, to try to enjoy every single moment. And when, when I enjoy, I win football games and I, and I score goals. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I, I always want to have fun, and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good mix between a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things. I think I can develop a lot under uh, a lot under Pep and uh, in this club. So uh, so uh, I think I can get better on uh, on uh, a lot of things and. Uh, Hopefully I can score a lot of goals. Helen, who made his professional debut at the age of 15 for his hometown club in Norway, also shared some fun facts, including his record-breaking high jump record while only five years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, I, I don't remember it, but I remember I went on, I don't know what it's called, uh, uh, track and field or whatever, and jumping and so on, these kind of things, and... Uh, uh, because my mother did it uh, in younger age, and uh, so she always brought me. Uh, so then I was running, and I think that's also where I have a bit of my speed from, and, from, and my jumping and everything. And yeah, it's true. I, I have the I have the record. That's Manchester City's new player, Erling Haaland, revealing his plans in his first interview with the English Giants. In other news, French playmaker of Guinean descent Paul Pogba is out to prove that Manchester United made a blunder in failing to produce a deal that could persuade him to stay at the club. The 29-year-old was reportedly offered $315,000 a week to remain at Old Trafford. He is expected to rejoin Juventus when he leaves Old Trafford following his contract's expiry this month. He previously won four Serie A titles at Turin before returning to United for a then-world record fee of $108 million in August 2016 and also played an influential role in helping France win the World Cup in Russia. Arsenal have reportedly agreed a deal to sign Fabio Vieira from Porto in a transfer worth 42 million US dollars. The 22-year-old attacking midfielder played a key role as Porto lifted the Portuguese Liga title for a 30th time last season by scoring seven goals and recording 16 assists in all competitions. Vieira becomes Arsenal's second summer signing after the club procured the services of 19-year-old forward Marquinhos from Sao Paulo. The Gainers have seen their forward line depleted as Alexandre Lacazette left to return to Lyon. They're also reportedly chasing Manchester City striker Gabriel Jesus. 
In other news, Bundesliga champions Bayern Munich have reached an agreement with Liverpool over the sale of Senegalese pizza Sadio Mane. The Reds turned down two bids from Bayern before the two clubs settled on a move for the 30-year-old, whose deal with the Reds still runs until next summer. Mane joined Liverpool from Southampton in 2016 and has since scored 90 Premier League goals for the Anfield club and finished last season with 23 goals in all competitions. News of his departure follows last week's signing of Uruguay forward Darwin Nunes from Benfica. Alongside Egyptian playmaker Mo Salah and Brazilian forward Roberto Firmino, Mane helped the club win the Champions League in 2019 and then end a 30-year wait for the league title in the following season. The 2021-2022 season has also been a fantastic one for Mane won the Africa Cup of Nations with Senegal before helping Liverpool win the Carabao and FA Cup and finish runners-up in the Premier League and the Champions League. Tottenham have also completed the signing of 25-year-old Mali midfielder Wyvis Bissouma from Brighton on a four-year deal worth $30 million US dollars. He becomes Pass's third summer signing following the arrival of goalkeeper Fraser Foster and winger Ivan Perisic and free transfers. Bissouma made 124 appearances for the Seagulls after joining the club from Lille in July 2018. The Ivorian-born central midfielder started 26 Premier League games for the Seagulls last season, scoring once. He played an important role for Graham Potter's side as they secured ninth place in the Premier League, the highest ever finish in the club's history. Aston Villa have also been busy in the transfer market and have so far spent money on Sevilla's Diego Carlos, secured a permanent deal for Felipe Coutinho, and completed the impressive free transfer signing of French youngster of Senegalese descent Bubaka Camara from Marseille. Reporting for the sunny side of sports, I'm Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio programs, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy. 
the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the basketball beat, the NBA champion Golden State Warriors are being celebrated on Monday with a parade in San Francisco, California. The Warriors won their fourth NBA title since 2015 and seventh overall on June 16th when they beat the Boston Celtics 103-90. to Golden State won the NBA Finals four games to two. Now, one player who certainly will get a lot of attention at the parade in San Francisco is NBA Finals most valuable player, Stephen Curry. We got four championships. You know, like, God is great, the ability to be on the stage and play with amazing teammates against a great Boston Celtics team that, you know, gave us everything to try to get to the finish line. Um, This one hits different for sure. Steph Curry's teammate, Clay Thompson, paid tribute to his backcourt partner. Steph was incredible tonight. I'm so happy for him to get that finals MVP. Some freaking bozo saying he needed it. I don't think, I think he's pretty much established what he can do. But to see him earn that, I mean, he's one of the greatest ever. And we all follow in his lead. And gosh, that was awesome. What a series. Like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, Draymond Green has played on all four of Golden State's championship teams since 2015. It's amazing because none of us are the same. And, you know, you usually clash with people. When you're alike, and I think the one thing that's constant for us um, is winning is the most important thing. That's Draymond Green of the 2022 NBA champion Golden State Warriors. The team is being celebrated on Monday with a parade in San Francisco, California. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Congolese basketball player Bismack Biombo of the NBA's Phoenix Suns team recently sat down with the VOA to talk about his career and his foundation. The 29-year-old Biombo says he pledged his salary from this past season to the building of a hospital in the Democratic Republic of Congo in honor of his late father. Biombo adds he first started playing basketball as a teenager in Lubumbashi, the DRC. I'm Bismarck Biombo, a child of Africa. I stepped onto a basketball court at the age of 13 in Lubumbashi. I have a dream to play in the NBA, and at some point that dream turned into a goal like I can achieve it and I must achieve it and I'm going for it, you know, and nothing going to stop me. As a kid, you know, they say you dream big and you obviously got to know your dream, see your dream and go get it, right? But you need the support of people around you. And I was lucky enough to have, you know, parents that supported me. It was not an option to turn around and fail because I, I was lucky enough that my dad and my, obviously eventually my mom believed so much in my dreams that they were willing to sacrifice and put up their own money for me to chase my dreams. 
we made those decisions for a purpose and we're living a dream and now we set bigger goals and we're going for it. In 2012, we launched the Bismarck Biombo Foundation to provide opportunities to children of the Democratic Republic of Congo. I grew up in an environment where giving was easy for my family, my mom, my dad. They enjoy giving that for us it become like second nature. So uh, the day before I go home, I decided like, I'm going to uh, buy some shoes, uh, call our equipment manager, just get a bunch of stuff, jerseys, short t-shirt. And I'll go home and give these kids, you know, um, an opportunity to have like new pair of shoes and uh, all these things because I didn't have a brand new pair of shoes. You know, so I spent my 16 years of being young wearing somebody else's shoes pretty much, you know. So I'm gonna do a basketball camp and I will be uh, the DJ, I will be the coach. It was too overwhelming for me, but the joy you receive from them, I think I was so grateful for it. Um, I remember going that day to bed and sleep like a baby. The foundation is currently building an international school in the Bombashi. And each year we award more than 150 scholarships within the DRC and the US. My job becomes to inspire uh, kids across Congo and make sure that we give all of them an equal opportunity. The more accessible and affordable healthcare is also at the center of our mission through our medical facility renovation, training, and equipment donations. There's an opportunity to make an impact, and I don't want to waste it. You know, my dad was 61, and for the first time, you know, he checked into the hospital. It's just one of those days you wake up, you have a feeling like I have to go home and take care of my dad. Um, the situation was perhaps worse than I, I expected. If anybody would have tell me to give up all my money for my dad, I would have, you know. And it's just, you know, nothing matter at that moment but to help my dad get healthier. But when that didn't happen now, and that my dad has passed. So from that moment, I think the words, basketball, everything stopped, you know. And I realized that I couldn't quit basketball because of what happened to my dad. You know, he'd be so disappointed because he knew how much I love basketball and he knew how much basketball have allowed me to help a lot of people. So um, then when I called my agent, what I, what I kind of told him was, I'm going to play the game again because I think I'm ready. But also, we'll use this year's salary to help people back home. And, and I want to build my dad an hospital that will continue servicing people because he believed in one guy, which is me. And now we get to do it for him. That's Bismack Biombo of the NBA's Phoenix Suns team. And he spoke with VOA in the western U.S. city of Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice.
of America. It's World Refugee Day. And World Athletics on Monday announced a six-member athlete refugee team for next month's World Championships in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. World Athletics President Sebastian Coe says, and I quote, On this World Refugee Day, our athlete refugee team brings a powerful and inspirational message of hope and solidarity to the world at a time when it's truly needed. They're also showing through their rapid development and world-class performances that they do belong among the world's best athletes. One of the six athletes selected is Angelina Lohalit, and VOA's Gwen Uten joins us now with a profile. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. In 2016, track runner Angelina Nadai Lohileth made her Olympic debut as one of 10 athletes to compete at the Rio Games in the first ever Olympic refugee team. Then in 2021, Lohileth competed in the Games for a second time in Tokyo, where she achieved a milestone in the 1500 meters. Just days before last year's opening ceremony, Lohalith told Reuters News she had a dream of seeing the world, but wasn't sure how she would achieve it until she became an Olympian. I used to tell myself that one day, one time, I will travel with the aeroplane in various places, but I never knew that what will make me to travel. I never, I just know that one day, one time, I'm going to travel. But now it happened in 2016 that I traveled to Brazil and competed international Olympic. Then I realized that, oh, I have a talent that can take me far. For me, it was really, really, I was really, really happy for it. Lohalith was preparing to travel again, this time to Tokyo, as one of five refugees originally from South Sudan who competed in Rio. But then the pandemic hit, forcing her to leave her training camp for a refugee camp in Kakuma in northeast Kenya. Lohalith had previously lived at the camp after she escaped South Sudan's civil war in 2002. And she says putting her Olympic dreams on hold last year and returned Turning to Kakuma took a mental and physical toll. The time when, it, when, when COVID-19 break, we went home to refugee camps almost now a year. So the, our good shape that we were, it went down. So by that time, you know, now being in the refugee camp, it's sometimes, most of the time it is challenging. It's not a kind of a good place that you can train with. First of all, it was because of the weather. Then the place is not sometimes, it's not safe for training. But then we never lose hope. I never lose hope because I know there's something ahead of me. It does not something that happened to me only. It happened to the whole world. The delayed games caused a disruption in Lohali's training. And to get back into competitive shape, she trained for one hour on the track in the Kenyan capital, Nairobi. And she leaned on her natural talent for running that was discovered in high school. A teacher encouraged Lohali to take part in a race that was founded by Kenyan long-distance runner Tegla Larupe. Larupe is a former marathon world record holder and currently chief of mission for the IOC's Olympic refugee team. And ahead of the Tokyo Games, she expressed pride at seeing her team of athletes on the Olympic stage. It is a teamwork to see that uh, uh, kids with uh, displaced background have the right 
to compete like any other. So today our athletes are athletes, not like when they went to Rio. Now they are competing because of time. Lavrope was also on her way to Tokyo, but she tested positive for COVID just days before the start of the Games and did not travel to Japan. However, Angelina Lohailith was in Tokyo, where she clocked a faster time than she ran at the Rio Games. In 2016, she finished the 1500 meters with a time of four minutes and 33 seconds. And in Tokyo, she ran a personal best of four minutes minutes 31 seconds to finish in 14th place. Up next, Lohalith will appear at the World Championships for a second time next month. She'll lead the women of the six-member athlete refugee team that includes runner Atalena Napule Gaspore, another South Sudanese athlete who trained with Tegla Larupe. Gaspore will make her athlete refugee team debut in the 800 meters. Runners will take their mark when the 2022 World Athletics Championships begin on July 15th in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And on World Refugee Day, we wish the athlete refugee team the best of luck at next month's World Championships here in the USA. the june 20th edition of the show thank you for tuning in i'm voa sunny young in washington i get it and that's the sunny side of sports